Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Today's episode is one that comes uh, requested, um, and I was, I was kind of going to do this alongside um, growth hormone, but what I'm going to do is I'm just going to separate the two, um, and then what I can do on the end of the growth hormone is just talk about how it will link with uh, today's episode, which is speaking about uh, a little bit about insulin and, and bodybuilding. If you've been involved uh, in bodybuilding for a while, and you know you're pushing your body weight up quite a lot, and you know whether you're whether you're doing sort of you're trying to be a, a, a super heavyweight class one, class two, uh, even a heavy classic. You know, you'll no doubt I've heard of of assisted bodybuilders using uh, insulin. You know, maybe perhaps across the day, uh, perhaps in the morning or around the the workout parameter. And I think that whilst it's probably fairly common at the current moment. For the heavier guys, it's not so common with with the not heavier guys. You know, if you are just like a junior bodybuilder, or men's physique or whatnot, um, just starting out, you you'll never have heard of this stuff probably, um, and you probably shouldn't even need to be touching it. But um, I feel that some of the guys that are using, like very few of them, will maybe understand the the general concepts behind it. You know, why it might be used alone, or why it's maybe used in conjunction with other drugs, such as uh, such as growth hormone. And I still, it's funny, right? Because I still remember when I was starting out bodybuilding, I swore that I would never, ever touch insulin. And uh, I'd never touch growth hormone either. And over time, like, my goals intensified and my knowledge about them grew. And, uh, of course, that that changed. But I still remember, well, I mean, even, like, I uh, I can go back to the start of when I thought about using steroids. And I still remember saying, oh, I'll only take Anavar, but I'll never inject the next thing I was injecting, and I was like, right, that's cool, I'll, I'll inject, but I'll never take trend, and then over time, I took a little bit of trend, and, you know, these things tend to, uh, even though you say one, <laughs> say one thing, and then and then months or years later, do another, but things change over time, along with your knowledge, and of course, your goals, um, but I think one of the reasons why I said this about growth and insulin was because, just because I didn't really know much about them, um, and I was really worried that I would get something wrong, and I didn't want to take any risk, and you know, the risk is kind of, so one of the risks is what we'll get into is, you know, I didn't want to uh, potentially cause like a, I didn't want to cause death effectively, right? With, if you get insulin wrong, that's what can happen. And some of you kind of heard of what happened to, to Nick Walker, um, who, who took a little bit too much insulin not too long ago, which was really, really sad. Um, really, really sad for the bodybuilding community. But so like this, I should probably say a disclaimer that this episode is, you know, strictly for educational purposes only and should no way be deemed as any sort of advice if you um if you are thinking of using this please go speak to a medical professional um alongside perhaps someone that knows a fair bit about it um because if you if you try and fuck about with this stuff on 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 your own and you get it wrong um there can be severe consequences but before we kind of go into that let's have a think of just what is insulin Right, plain and simple, it's a hormone released by an organ in the body called the pancreas, often in response to eating. I've covered this before, but I'll briefly cover it again. It's mostly involved in the transport of glucose. Um, you know, we eat, say, carbohydrates, we increase our, our blood sugar, and then what this what insulin does is effectively travels around our body, tells cells to open up, and effectively lets that glucose into those cells, and ultimately brings our blood sugar kind of back down where it was to there thereabouts prior to, to eating. Now, it will promote that glucose uptake in both muscle cells, but also fat cells as well. Um, I need to 
need to make that point that it's not just a one it's not just a wonder drug or wonder hormone shall we say it does does promote them to both um, effectively you know without insulin our body um, cannot use or use the energy that we eat or can't use the glucose from the food that we eat or uh, store that glucose uh, for energy maybe perhaps uh, later on um, and that glucose would still would still remain in the blood uh, unused Tip, you know Typically in the medical world, you'd maybe have heard of this used in type one diabetes, um, and this is where in type one diabetics, such as you know our coach Ali is a type one diabetic, that his body doesn't produce its own insulin, right? So he has to inject his own throughout the day, um, and that stems from him being in like being very attentive to his blood sugars throughout the day. And be very responsive. I still remember thinking back to to the earlier days um, when we were working in a pure gym. Uh, he would constantly be doing uh, his blood sugars. You know, I, I did an episode on tracking your blood sugar, constantly be doing it with a finger pinprick. Whereas now he's got um, this sort of really, um, you could say, cool device attached to his arm that you can literally like, it scans his phone off an app and it tells him where his sugars are, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, type, you know, you, you might be saying, what about type 2? Um, diabetics, that's a bit different um, their body is able to produce insulin it's just that the cells within their body have become desensitised to what you know, insulin's meshes are saying to open up um, and, and that's mainly due to chronic, chronically elevated blood sugar levels uh, which is often linked with obesity um, simple as that in, I mean if your blood sugar remained chronically elevated um, for an extended period of time it can lead to things such as cardiovascular disease, uh, problems with your visit, vision, potentially blindness, nerve da- damage, and then circulation problems uh, in, for example, the, the feet, the hands, bone joint problems, uh, and also teeth and gum problems. Yeah, I still remember I, I worked as a bouncer um, at a well-known establishment in Dundee, and um, the owner uh, ended up having type, type 2 diabetes and uh, had to get his foot one of his one of his part part of his foot amputated, I think. Um, real real shame, uh, real shame. But I just that's you know, one of the consequences of, of um, you know, blood sugar has been chronically elevated. That that and, and he was he was a type two diabetic as well. Um, I should say that I probably missed this earlier. That um, one unit of insulin will dispose of roughly twelve to fifteen grams of carbs. Um, however, that can often vary from person. To person, um, so like the type one diabetic, such as Ali, the total amount of carbs he takes in, he must cover, um, pretty much he must cover that all from, uh, from injectable insulin, as I said, whether that's insulin he's taking in the morning, or insulin that he's taking later on in the day. And we'll get into, we'll get into different types um, later on in the in the podcast, and you might be thinking, right, well, with all that you've said, Vaughn, um, you know, why on earth would bodybuilders use it? Um, and reason being is what you'll tend to find is that the bigger someone gets, uh, ultimately the more food they're going to have to uh, to consume to continue to get even bigger. And, and part of that food is, is a large surplus of carbohydrates. Um, what this does is it's going to effectively place a fairly big load on your own pancreas to produce enough insulin to, to deal with that surplus of carbs um, 
However, sometimes the amount of carbs you put in our body, you know, your body, even though you're just you're, you're not you're not a type type one or type two diabetic, it just means it can just mean that your pancreas can't necessarily handle that at the rate you'd like. This can sometimes leave blood sugars that a little bit elevated, um, and if blood sugars remain elevated, you're more likely going to promote that that insulin is going to more likely promote that glucose uptake into fat stores more readily than insulin. So then you kind of go, ah, right, so here's the link. So the addition of that sort of genius insulin that, that might be used, as I said, morning or around the workout, um, this is where it comes into play. And it's going to help those bodybuilders control their blood glucose reins across the day and kind of keep them in more of a of a stable range. And in doing so, they're more likely going to promote that uptake more readily into muscle cells over fat cells especially, if uh, they were using it around the, the workout um, parameter. But if we were to think about, well, when there's different types, yes, there are, um, but we'll, we'll, what you've probably seen in the uh, in the bodybuilding scene is um, mostly short-acting or long-acting insulin. So uh, long-acting, such as Lantus, um, this has... This will kind of work over over several hours in in the body to help lower blood glucose levels, and would typically be be injected with first uh, in your first meal of the day. So it has a, an onset time of what we call several hours. I suppose I should explain what onset means, and this is just the point at which it starts to lower blood glucose levels. So that that actual initial onset time is, is can be a few hours. Um, it doesn't necessarily have a peak time at which you know after the time after menstruation, which is most effective. Um, and then the duration is about you can be up to twenty four hours, but so so that's Lantus, that's long acting that may be injected first thing in the morning. Uh, let's not also forget about um, you know bodybuilders that are going to take um, some insulin around their workout um, because let's face it, us bodybuilders have like large amounts of carbs around the the workout window, don't we? You know, you've all seen the. The big bowl of cocoa pops and the pop tarts, or whatever, and you've maybe um, seen someone having seventy-five to hundred gram of carb intra, maybe they're having one hundred fifty uh, pre and, and whatnot, and and this is where sort of short-acting insulin might be used, uh, such as Novarapid. This has an onset time. So remember, onset means the time at which it starts to 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 work on lowering blood glucose levels. So that starts to work within fifteen to twenty minutes. Now, it has a peak time of about 30 to 90 minutes. So that's when it's at its absolute most effective at loading blood sugars. Now, the reason I'm giving you these is just because this is why bodybuilders inject them at certain periods of time um, and can have a duration of two to four hours. After that, it's, it's not going to be in the system. It's not going to be doing its thing. So this is why, you know, if someone were to take an overrapid pre-workout, they, they would be doing so maybe, let's say, 20, 30 minutes before they train, and maybe they've eaten their pre-workout meal the hour before that. Um, so they've, you know, carbohydrate uh, digestion is going to take, let's say, 60 to 90 minutes to start increasing blood sugar. So then you put the, the Nova in to start driving, as you start training, it's starting to drive in that insulin, in, uh, that glucose into cells. But remember, you're sipping on intra workout as well throughout the session. So it's just continuing to promote that in there. Um, so it's going to, you know, it's going to definitely increase pumps throughout training. Um, and then in keep, increase training performance. If uh, you're thinking about, well, okay, well, why is it used post-workout? Uh, this kind of goes back to that uh, 
a big bowl of cocoa pops, I suppose, right? We we know it's common knowledge that in the in the bodybuilding scene that this large bolus of carbs, uh, carbohydrates in this post workout window, will offset muscle protein breakdown. And if you were to dose protein, which we of course always do, you start to upregulate muscle protein synthesis, the the recovery process. So let's say like if you are um, uh, consuming, let's say two. 300 grams of carbs in one sitting um, in that post-workout window and you were to use a little bit of Nova, well, number one, it's probably going to more likely help drive that glucose into into tissue um, to get the benefit of, of, of recovery. Um, but also remembering that, that that amount of carbs in one sitting is going to increase blood glucose levels like quite significantly because it's just such a large meal based on on the other ones so the fast acting insulin just simply helps bring like it it's you know effectively you could say it sees the spike brings it down back to those, those sort of like lower levels that we're wanting um to help you you know to help a bodybuilder keep their readings that in that stable range across the day so like commonly uh, you can and this is why i use and have done the, this this push i've used a combination of lantus that first meal and then i've only used um nova rapid post-workout simply because I've not needed it pre-workout. Big, big thing here, make sure you check your blood glucose levels across the day and that will determine what you do and how you would adjust the dosage of where and when. Um, you may be thinking, well, right Vaughn, you've explained, uh, you've explained what it is, you've explained the different types we see, when when would you look to use it or Vaughn, Vaughn, when did you look to use it? And of course this is this is a personal decision. Um and I'm, what I'm gonna do then is I'm gonna speak more so from my from my journey. Um and like everything in bodybuilding, uh, our goals can change. They become bigger, they become more aggressive. We want bigger, better, more tissue here, more tissue there, so on and so forth. So I take you back to the, the early days of my career where I'd said, nah this is something that I would I would never use. Um, as I said, however, it was more down to a, a lack of understanding. Um, but also, like I didn't think I wanted to get that big. And then it's funny that now, sitting now, almost one hundred twenty nine kilos, I don't necessarily feel that big now. But back then, at the start of my journey, I would say, "Whoa, that's that's heavy. That's big." Um, so for me, I think the years went the years went on, and I'd, I'd managed to get up to about one hundred twenty kilos. With uh, without using insulin or without using growth. Now, if you're someone who um, is just in the gym and you're not trying to be a bodybuilder, you're not trying to be a British champ or anything like that, um, then 120 kilos is a big dude, right? Big dude. So you wouldn't even be like considering touching any of this stuff. Um, but 120 kilos, like I had competed, I had done well, I'd won shows, yet like looking in the mirror, I was just still not quite fully satisfied with how I looked. I was happy but just not content you know always always want to achieve that a little bit more um my goals had sort of switched at the time um to to want to win a british title um which can actually happen before i uh before i actually implemented this um i used it funnily enough that the times that i started using some was when i was loading for shows um but having looked back now uh, for some of the classes that i'd done uh, I still wasn't quite big enough. 
So I'm thinking, well, this is maybe actually something that even though, uh, you know, I had I'd managed to push up before um, to 120 without it, actually, um, actually got a fair bit heavier without it. I actually got up to um, 132. If I think back now, I got up to 132 in uh, 2020, but it was a fat 132. It really was. So then after competing dieted down, I was like, right, I never want to get, um, I never want to get that that fat again. Um, but also I think it was due to the fact that I was using growth on its own and not insulin um, and wasn't very uh, aware of my blood glucose levels, which are probably fucking terrible now. The fact that I see them in a perfect spot and, and how much insulin that I'm, I'm using at the current moment. But um, anyway, as I was saying, you know, me personally, like this time around, I said, right, I want to I want to push again, but I want to push to a cleaner sort of 130. Um, and I'd say I'm, I'm there now, I'm pretty much a kilo away from it, but with way less body fat um, and also way less fluid retention as well. Um, and again, to interject, uh, I need you to remember what the goal was for me is that, you know, in bodybuilding, what we do uh, it is seen as unhealthy for sure and it's extreme. Um, so if you're someone that's just, you know, for the, got the love of bodybuilding and not competing, like, just don't even touch this stuff. There's, there's no point. Um, I did use, as I said, you know, going a little bit backtracking here, I did use growth um, a little bit while pushing my carb take up and, and just looking back, um, I think because I didn't use insulin as well is why I, look, I, you know, I looked as bad as I did and my blood glucose levels were probably higher than they are. For me, um, I'm wanting to see readings prior to eating of roughly, let's say, between high fours, uh, low fives and that's millimoles per per liter um roughly there thereabouts uh realistically like in that position i would i'd consider that fairly optimal um and by optimal i'm talking from a standpoint of wanting to add as much muscle mass as i can and minimize fat gain um given that you have roughly every two or three hours now what's you might hear the words is um you know like postprandial which is often a reading that's taken about 90 minutes after eating a carbohydrate meal and what you would do is you check your blood glucose levels before that meal and then you check them again um, 90 minutes later and see the difference and what you'd be looking for is those readings after those 90 minutes to come back down or roughly thereabouts to where they were prior to eating now as bodybuilders sometimes we eat every couple hours right so that's why i just say to clients and i say to myself right i'm just going to check it every time prior to eating so for me, um, you know, I started off using, um, I think it was five IUs of Nova um, post-workout and I tracked that for a while. And as we incremented food up, what I was finding is that the the readings from um, the post-workout meal to the meal after, I saw an increase in that. And so originally when I was using the five IUs, I was, I was seeing, you know, 5.2, 5.1 or 5.3, whatever it was, there thereabouts, kind of happy with how they are. And then as I got a little bit heavier um, and I pushed, you know, carbohydrate uh, intake was pushed up, start to then see like a 5.8, 6, 6.1, thinking, right, that's that's getting a bit high. Boom, I upped it to 10, came back down, right, okay, back within the back, low fives, high fours. And that for me was perfect. But rather than just guess, um, I attract, you know, and th- this is, this is the kind of big thing um, that, that guys won't do. They just want to take it and be told, I'll take that and I'll be absolutely fine. Whereas I think that if you want to get the absolute most 
from bodybuilding and you want to be the most almost optimal place um you would be silly not to track and simple as that it takes two seconds to prick your finger and put on a little strip and the machine takes less than five seconds to, to give you a reading um but you know to, to go ahead of, of, of when would you look to use it as i said it's your decision but it might you might look to use it if you look if you track your sugars across the day and you just see those readings are uh, on that on a little bit higher side maybe they're high fives low sixes which is actually like you know if you follow like like the NHS guidelines which is actually fine and you're in a totally good spot and you do not need it but if your goal is extreme you're looking to be a super heavyweight class one class two bodybuilder then you know, that's where you could potentially use it and I've also found it a really effective tool uh, when loading myself but then also loading clients last year um, on those high days uh, higher days loading the show but also could be used on a prep like on those days that you're um like some days that have got lagging body parts and you've got a bit of a higher food intake on that day to try and make sure they don't fade, that can that can be a really good strategy as well. Um, last but not least, uh, maybe we actually should just start with this. It should be, a, are there any negatives? Uh, just like any any use of sort of extraneous hormones or drugs within the bodybuilding scene, there's always going to be uh, risks. There's always going to be negatives and. If you get your dosage right, if you're if you're fucking stupid and you don't track your sugars and you use a stupid dose, like if you're wrong, um, your blood sugars can fall fairly low, and you can enter what's called a hypoglycemic shock. Now, if that's left untreated, you die. That like that that is it, which that sounds pretty morbid, right? And and it should, but you've got to be aware of these things before you just jump in and say, oh, fuck it, I'll just put in this amount pre-workout, I'll put in this amount in the morning. Um, it just, it makes sense in my eyes to follow it logically that before you would use it, you would track your blood sugars across the day without any, without the use of insulin, see where they're at, and then when you implement it, you track them again to see what it does. You then monitor, like you've monitored those levels that you note the response and then you can adjust accordingly. If you were to think of, of one, what are the signs of a hypo, hypoglycemic shock? Um, blurred vision would be one of them. Uh, feeling weak, uh, profusely sweating, uh, trembling, tingling lips. Um, and if you've ever been around someone that's having a hypo, uh, you, you, just, you can tell straight away. And it's uh, it's fairly scary. I, I, I've seen, obviously you know Ali's type 1 diabetic and me and Ali used to train together. Um in, in the earlier years, more often than we do now, and um, or we and we used to work in pure gym. And I think I saw him have was it two or three, and fairly scary. You know, he would often know they were coming. So what he would do is, if he was on his own, he would run to a place where there was, um, you know, whether that was the office at pure gym or whether that was in the staff room, and we'd kind of know what was going on, um, and he wouldn't be making any sense. His speech would be slurred, or he would be, he would look like you know he's speaking like he was drunk, um. Like, as I said, loads of sweating, loads of shaking. Uh, and then the, one of the, you know, the way to sort it is to, you know, consume carbohydrates, raise their sugars back up. Um, and, and Ali was always fine. But um, that's just because he'd got his sugars wrong or he was dieting and he put too much in or whatever. But um, he always said that after each one, it felt like he'd run a marathon and that everything hurt, like every muscle in his body hurt. You know, he, he got a lot of cramps as well. Um 
but remember that Ali was a type one diabetic. Um, but that that was just an example. And if you even if you aren't a type one diabetic and you're just taking this out with that, you you can still have a hypo, of course. Uh, but I th- like I think moral of the story is um, that be smart with your usage, be diligent, don't rush things. Um, speak to a medical professional, of course, prior to using it, and, and also someone that's really well educated on the matter that's had experience with it themselves or with clients and whatnot, of course. Hypos, hypoglycemic shock, hypos is, is um, they're, they're the short-term negatives, right? The long-term negatives, which you could probably say is that the, the consistent use of um, extraneous insulin over time could decrease your body's ability to produce its own insulin, um, which could lead to an increase in fat gain. And if you continue to add fat and fat and fat, potential onset of of type 2 diabetes. Um, But considering that it's more related to levels of body fat and and kind of stemming from really high high blood glucose levels throughout the, uh, consistently, um, you would hope that with a healthy diet, exercise regime, controlling your blood sugars, that you'd be absolutely fine. But like with anything in this game, there's always a risk. Always, always, always a risk. And I don't feel insulin something that you're going to use for for decades within bodybuilding. I think it's got a, it's got its place. Um, I don't feel like if if we're thinking about just being an amateur bodybuilder, I don't feel I feel like that has uh, everything. An amateur bodybuilding has a an, an end point, you know. And and if you if you don't think so, um, in the nicest way possible, you're a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> it's it's really as simple as that because. We have to think that the decisions that we make that, that affect our health long term, um, you know, we're doing it recreationally. We're not, we're not doing it for any money or anything like that. And, and I think that there, there's a, as I said, quote unquote, a shelf life for, for assisted bodybuilding. And I know I know for me that I'm certainly not at the start of it. I'm coming up for 32 now, which is fairly young, um, but I know I'm fairly heavy. And I, I don't really want to be getting much heavier. Um, so for me, I know that maybe past past thirty five, uh, I don't know how much lo- you know how much heavier I'll get. I'll still try and get stronger and maybe bodybuild in certain ways, but it'll be from a, a leaner set point for sure, and uh, just to take any sort of strain away from my heart. And I think that 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 never crossed my mind. That concept never never crossed my mind until my son was born, and then uh, I just look at him, and sometimes I go, man, what's the you know, if, if I was to continue to do that, I'm like, what's the fucking point in that? You know, like it's if it compromises your health. Like I want to be around for a while, um, so I know that, like the as I said, the assisted shelf life um, for me hasn't got many many years left. Some may argue otherwise. Uh, I'll always probably be on um, something, but uh, it'll never be natty. But I'll just maybe just be just above a TRT dose in the years to come. But for just now, I'm still hell bent on improving and coming back. Uh, whether I come back as a as a class one, um, or I come back still as a classic uh, athlete. Time will tell, but I, I'm not. I'm not in any rush to to jump back on stage. Uh, that's for sure. I think that um, if you've never had a kid, bodybuilding and having a child is very hard to manage. Um, for right now, I've been able to bulk no problem because I have a an amazing supportive wife. Um, you know, training is is part of my working day. Um, I could be busy with business, but I dedicate a lot of time to training and whatnot. Um, so it's been fine, but uh, I'm going to enter a recomp next month, there thereabouts. So I'll kind of see how how that is, but no doubt it'll be hard and challenging when you're not getting a hold of sleep and you have to go and get cardio in prior to work and, and whatnot. Bear in mind, I start work about six a.m. Um, 
so yeah, I, I don't know where I was going with this, but yeah, as I was just saying that my my mindset shifted before that. I was like, I'm going to get fucking huge and I'm going to do it forever and it's going to be great. Um, but yeah, that's what kind of prompted me not too long ago to get a an echocardiogram, um, which you know I can I can say quite happily that everything came back um, okay, a okay. You know there was no thickening of uh, the the left ventricular wall. Um, functioning was absolutely fine and uh, and what so I was really super happy with that. And then I'm also booked a calcium score test as of uh, to actually this coming Monday. By the time this podcast goes live, uh, I'll have had it and I'll have had the results back. And I feel that's something that every bodybuilder assisted assisted bodybuilder should be doing regularly um, to make sure that you are staying on top because. There's been far too many guys last year having issues with their hearts. Some, some, you know, some of the top guys that have been around for a while pushing, pushing higher drugs and pushing their body weight and are pros. They've been having heart attacks, and it's uh, scary, man. It's proper scary, and just shows you the long-term effects and use of of uh, using gear, right? But uh, we are all genetically predispositioned a bit differently. Um, so, for example, I've had long-term usage and um, haven't haven't got any size in regards to my heart. Some guys might might uh, have a short-term usage and, and see that left ventricular hypertrophy straight away but anyway listen I'm getting a I'm getting completely off off topic aren't I in regards to the episode uh, and the time but uh, and I guess in summary as I said insulin's main role is uh, involved in shuttling carbohydrates into into cells like in a, in a muscle cells and fat cells um, it's it's often used it can be used by bodybuilders I suppose uh, that are consuming large amounts of carbohydrates to help keep their blood sugars in a more stable and optimal position to promote you know glucose uptake into muscle opposed to fat um, you've kind of got short, short-acting insulin used around the workout parameter, and then long-term, which is sort of used uh, meal one, and then works kind of across the day. As I said, you know, if it's done incorrectly, um, particularly the the Nova, the fast-acting one, can lead to the hypoglycemic shock and potentially death. Therefore, if you if you look to implement it, as I said, hire a professional, track your sugars across the day, be diligent, be patient, and um, you should be okay. So that is it for me, guys. Remember that wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.